What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Wrestling Roll Up. We're here with the Golden Boy himself, Dalton. How you doing today, buddy? Oh, uh, well, I, I'm I'm I was doing okay after Monday night. You know, a, a pretty serviceable raw that shattered my expectations of the show. But SmackDown, oh SmackDown, how Vince has successfully made you the B show. Yeah, Woo. yeah, yeah. That's really all that has to be said. <laughs> That's it, with, with oh my SmackDown. Gosh. I feel like this is the problem. Sometimes you can go simple with these these storylines. You can go simple when the talent's there and the story tells itself. But. When you're in mania season and you're just throwing guys into world title matches that probably won't be in a relevant match at mania, it needs a story. It needs that extra oomph of, of yep. build to really leave a lasting impression on the road to your biggest show of the year. And that SmackDown's not giving that to us. They want us to all of a sudden believe again that Corbin's a top player. And they want to constantly remind us that Ziggler is a former world champion, but they're not doing anything on the show to prove it. Yeah, it it's it's a sad story, really. I mean, it if you look at it, we've got. I, I was so terrified, and I'm not convinced that we're not going to have a, a multi-man match for the U.S. title. Um. Yeah. I, they're going back and forth on it, but that's going to end up being a, being a fucking multi-man match as well. I'm just sick of all the multi-matches, man. Like, I get that Elimination Chamber's coming up, and I get that Fastlane is, like, the last show before the big one. But, Jesus, are we are we on go-home until Mania for SmackDown? Is that what we're doing? Because that's what it fucking feels like. I am so fucking sick of it, man. It was my favorite wrestling show. And it's turned just to trash. And and here's the thing. I think we've discussed this on here before about how th this mania felt like one of the world title matches should be a multi-man match. And, and, it's, and they're not. They're both singles matches. I mean, that's fine. But if you're trying to convince us that there's this many top players on SmackDown and Raw right before mania, you've kind of have you've pigeonholed yourself into making four or five of these talents look like they're getting fucked over yeah Hi hypothetically like rollins after last night anything short of him being in one of the, the last three matches of the night is gonna come off as bullshit oh yeah and the bad thing is man like you really think about it you really think about it On, on SmackDown, SmackDown specific. I don't know if they have devalued the world title to the point where it's just useless and it's just terrible, or if they've just decided that belts don't matter at all and everyone's in the mid card because that's yeah. really how it feels right and now. This, and this is the WWE title we're talking about, the top belt. Yeah, like, like this should be what right everything's about. They're treating the universal title better by it not even being on the show compared to the WWE title where well, last week 
you know, they're adding all these guys to the match, and we don't see Styles' immediate reaction to this. We just wait until he comes out this week and cuts one of the worst hokey babyface promos to start a show. Yeah. Oh, it, oh it did felt you cut that so... off your back? Who wrote that? Yeah, it, it felt so uninspired. It felt so terrible. And What, what happened to AJ Styles being edgy? Uh, what he happened? He won't what white happened meat. to him being cocky? Um, last week, week before, they they decided that they decided that Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon were more important than their world champion. And and, and there again, another sto- ongoing storyline that's probably gonna have little to no payoff. Mm-hmm. It, it's. Th- th- I will give them this, and I've said this multiple times recently on here. The WWE has finally answered the call of building up their mid-carders. They finally answered the call after almost a year of doing this podcast. They've answered the call, but now, by building up those mid-carders, now they're not doing anything with their champions. Yeah, isn't it? It's so backwards. It is absolutely backwards. And, you know, it seemed funny to me that... Um, that it just feels like they can only do one or the other. They they either have a main event picture or they have a mid card picture and nothing in between. Like the, the perfect example of this is Bobby Roode the last two weeks on SmackDown. They have bitched him out. If you never watched this show. You would think he's a mid-card heel champion, the way they've made him look the last two weeks. Yeah. But since he's a babyface, they've made him look kind of like a joke. I mean, last week, Mahal getting over on both of them, okay, just to kind of up Mahal's stock a little bit, going into probably what's a three-way U.S. title match. But this week, you have Rude not answer whether he's scared of Orton or not, and he's like, oh, but I'm not scared of you. He does lay out Orton. But then Mahal lays him out again. Yeah, it. You can't let your champion stand tall on one episode of SmackDown, All, albeit where I think we're supposed to think, okay, he's facing two guys that have held the WWE title in the last year, and I get that. But the two guys he's facing are the only two that aren't in the in the fucking world title picture on the whole yep. show. Yeah. So th- that you have to throw that out the window when everybody else is in the main event and it's only those two that that are not getting any of the love that well, makes them right now, right now sadly Randy Orton is a solidified mid-carder yeah and to me what it felt like was they were like okay we have to make we we we've been killing Mahal we've been killing him we've got to make him matter and they've sacrificed Bobby Roode and Randy Orton both to do it and 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 the sad part of that is is that's kind of what they needed to do with Mahal, but yeah. not at the expense of Ruder Orton. Mahal, the last couple weeks, has been the only guy getting a push on this show that makes sense. It's just coming at the expense of the wrong guys. He should he, the last two weeks Mahal could have done what he did last week, and then tonight come out and beat beat a jobber, and Easily. then just do a totally separate segment with Rude and Orton to build their tension up. Easily. It's, this feud could be really good. It could be really good. They just don't need to follow the simple A, B, C bullet points of 
of your run-of-the-mill feud. They could make that feud a big-time feud for the U.S. title. Yeah. That that has some mania weight to it on the mid-card, if you ask me, with the names involved. Oh, absolutely. I, but, but they're just they're treating it like it's just another feud when it's honestly if you're there's been in all these shows you know doing the singles matches with all the other fucking guys in the main event of the pay-per-view why not give the u.s you know build the main event of the show this week why not put those guys in that spotlight instead of everybody fucking watching baron corbin lose again yep how many times do we need to see Dolph Ziggler lose to Kevin Owens? More. We need more. How, That's how all many, we should see. How many six-woman tag matches do we need to see in a week? It's It just felt both... Raw felt more like an actual good show than SmackDown. SmackDown felt like the go-home for the pay-per-view coming up, which is completely backwards. Which, props to Raw for letting that gauntlet go that long because I saw that and I was like, oh my god, this is going to go like 45 minutes, no one's going to fucking look good, and it's going to kill everybody off before the pay-per-view, and it did the exact opposite. Yeah. Everyone in that match came out looking better. Even Reigns, who took the first fall because it went almost 30 minutes, and even Cena, because he fucking went 30 minutes as well. No one came out of that gauntlet looking like shit. Now, it all looked good. And it took a long time. It was it was well within the second hour before it ended. Yeah, it, the, the the match went like an hour and 40. Yeah, and I I I went into it. I went into it thinking, "Man, this is going to suck. This is this is the yep. safe play before the before the big show." Yeah. And we're going to see who's definitely not going to win. And after that, I, in all in all actuality, if not for all the you know leaked rumors and blah, blah, blah about Mania, I truly wouldn't know who was going to win going into Sunday. And that's how it should be. I wish we could have gotten that same match not leading to the Elimination Chamber with all those guys in it. Yeah. I wish we could have gotten that match leading into a totally separate pay-per-view where all those guys can immediately branch out from that match and go be successful in other areas based off that match. Oh, for sure. Because after Sunday, this gauntlet match isn't going to fucking matter. Yeah, and that's it's so fucking goofy. Because the only... Okay, so the only thing that I came out of that gauntlet match thinking to myself, the only thing that I came out of it thinking other than Man, I really, I really could see any of them winning after that. The only thing I thought to myself was, well, they just gave Seth Rollins an out for not yep. winning the match. And you know yep. what? That was fine because it was entertaining. It was all good. Everyone they, looked good coming out of it. They remade a star. They yeah. reestablished Seth Rollins in one night. And m my God, him getting the curb stomp back again has proved that Rollins with that move as his finish, is fucking money. Yeah, and even the setup for the the V-Maker, I'm still calling it that, I don't care. <laughs> V-Maker, Rain Trigger, I haven't decided which one it is, but I it's like, one of the I two. I like Rain Trigger. Um, it, it even looked good at where it was, and it looked good for what it was. 
Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, you hit that, you hit him, you kick him, knock him down, you bounce. Okay, that's the best combination finish in all of wrestling right now if you start doing that regularly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, especially the way he did it, because it wasn't like this hokey setup where he was, like, grabbing the arms, spinning them around, spinning them back around. No, it was like, oh, I came up behind you, grabbed your arms, spun you real quick. Okay, yeah, dope. It, it's all pretty much one fluent motion. Yeah, it looked as out of nowhere as that could. And yep. I was like, yeah, let's do that. That should, That is a one, two, three combo that no one in the world is ever going to doubt him getting a pin with. Yeah, it... it it's it's a shame that to me when Reigns got eliminated first, I was like, oh, now he's a lock to win Sunday because that's not the first thing I should have thought. No, that's true. I think I think that has to do with our outlook on things right now, though. Too. Yeah. Watching it, watching a year solid of WWE will sour you. I will say that one hundred percent. I liked wrestling it, a lot more when I was watching it once every couple months, watching the pay per views. And then maybe tuning in for the for the build of WrestleMania in the short time after. It, 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 if I was booking the chamber, I would literally have no one eliminated, even when Elias comes out last. I would have no one eliminated. That's probably your best call. That way, every single person is protected because they all at least lasted through all the entrances. Yep. Then you have a bunch of viable players going into Mania that people are actually going to believe. Yeah, and you get to uh, you get to do that that little play around with reactions and see, oh, who who do we have for the Intercontinental title against Miz? Well, who got the biggest reaction when they were fighting him? Yeah, who who can, who can we give the rest of this build to for for Miz versus, you know, wrestler A or wrestler B? Or do we do a triple threat? It it, it 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 can be the most useful match on the road to Mania like it should be. Mm-hmm. Or they can just use it as a fucking stepping stone to get what they really want to get. And that's just, oh, we got to make Reigns look strong. Fuck everybody else. Let's move on. This match can be way more than that. If they, honestly, it, it should go like 50 minutes to an hour. Yeah. I think from bell to bell to me with this lineup with an extra person in it should fucking go an hour well especially considering what you you know the the fact that okay what's the rest of the card look like okay you've got Oscar versus Nia Jax or no yeah no 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 that happened on Smack or on Raw t- the other night so you've got no, uh, you've got the Oscar, women's elimination chamber for the title uh, Oscar and Nia Jackson did the pay review. Okay, okay, okay. I thought so. I because if, if <laughs> Nia wins, it becomes a three way. Yep, 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 that's it. That's it. So we have a contract signing, which I don't give a fuck about, guys. Yeah, I, don't I don't think give, anybody does. I don't give two squirts piss about Ronda Rousey joining we're, Raw. We're probably getting Apollo and Titus versus the Bar again, which, which honestly, they've I been think, doing a pretty I good think job with Titus him. Worldwide is going to win the belt. Probably. You and have I, think Sheamus, I think Sheamus is a lot closer to being done than what they're leading on, and I think Cesaro and Sheamus could have their big fin- singles match finale at Mania. I think you're probably right. I think that that's the way it's spilling out, because even on, even on the last few Raws, you've seen Sheamus work less and less, take less bumps, 
you know. And that, that's a mid-card match. It's that's a good. singles match that has a long-running storyline with it. Mm-hmm. That could steal the show. Yeah. And That's a mid-card two. match I would care about. Yeah, and you're getting two stars out of that. Three, possibly, depending yep. on how you handle the the Sheamus and Cesaro thing. Yep. And it, I'll, it I'll be honest with you. I would not be mad if if uh, if Sheamus just rode off into the sunset. I like. I don't think. Yeah, that's that. Other than that's him just. Expecting. Yeah, other than them just you know, giving him one last Mania match. Yeah. Okay. That that's. I'm okay with it, but I'd also be okay with it. You know, with him coming out and saying, "Hey, Cesaro, we gave it our best. I've got this neck thing. I'm out." Like what? What I think. I think the perfect build to that would be they just let it play out like your typical tag team breakup, and they get their big match at Mania in the mid card, and they do just like what they did in that seventh match of the best of seven where they tear the fucking roof off the place and tell the story to the crowd. Mm-hmm. Don't say it on the mic before or in the build or anything. Tell the story in the match to the crowd that this is it for Sheamus. Make yeah. them think this is it for Sheamus. And after he loses, he does the bow. The crowd sends him a proper send-off without it being predetermined. Yet, they, oh, going into this, we know it, it's it for Sheamus. Let the crowd start to believe that after the bell rings. And that's how Sheamus can go. Yeah, I'd be cool with that. And that's how he would get the best reaction. And I would be emotionally invested in that, and that's the important thing. I would be emotionally valuable? invested in that. That's a that would be a valuable part of that show that people can go back and watch. That's a mid card match that people would care about. That wouldn't be for a belt. Mm-hmm. It, there, it, there's one Vince fucking steal that idea. Shit. Hell, on the the only the only thing I would want to throw in there in that build, but it would give it away, so I wouldn't do it. Was have Mick Foley come back to talk about them again because it worked the first time. Yeah, but couldn't do that. So because it would give it away. So you can have Mick. Well, you can have Mick come back the day after Mania and talk to him, and then him give his retirement speech. Yeah, and then. Right after that, you know what you do with Cesaro? Immediately ship him to SmackDown and make him a fucking main event player. Yep. Since they're not going to call up Hero to tag with him. You have him win that match. Then he goes up, becomes a main event player on SmackDown. It'd be, it'd be gold. Yep. And, I mean, uh, honestly, that's about all I really care to talk about with WWE. Um there's you know six woman tag match where the only thing even moderately interesting was the dynamic between Mickey James and Alexa Bliss. Yeah, uh, it it feels like that's the mania match that's being built up, but we know that's not going to be for the belt. If it is, I I wouldn't be surprised if if they took the belt off over in the chamber. And I I wouldn't either, but I think that would be such a crying shame. Yep. Uh, she does. She deserves. She deserves a. A Mania title match. Even if she loses the belt at Mania, she deserves a Mania title match. Yeah, for sure. Just off of this reign, this reign has been one of the better women's reigns we've seen in a long time. Yes. It's been one of the better title reigns, period, that we've seen in a long time. 
Like it she's one of the most credible does. champions in the WWE right now. She deserves to have a proper send off and what was, well, what, what was it, like six with that title match. Like six months ago, we were talking about her being the one of the premier parts of Raw. Yep. And it, it, she's still one of the highlights of that show. Yeah, the only the only real drawback with her right now is the fact that they are putting so much investment in the mid card. Really, I mean, you really think about it. That's kind of where it is. They had they had Absolution come back, which kind of lost its steam once, you know, once Paige got hurt. Yeah. And at this point, I think that's derailed everything that they were doing, and they they're just now kind of figuring out what they're going to do after that. And, and if you watch that six woman tag on Monday, you know those other two do not need to be anywhere near this fucking chamber match. Right. Absolutely. They were they were fucking horrible in the, in that match. They, you're telling me they couldn't have given those two, other two spots to fucking veterans just as a kind of ooh this is on the road to mania so you don't know what you're gonna get type of thing. Yeah. Like it, it, especially well, I, after I, you, know, you just had all of them back for the fucking rumble. I think that's the, I mean I think that's them going all in on it, man. They're. Either that, or they've just kind of put the story on autopilot and just kind of said, ah, we'll address this later. That, it, I feel like it's an autopilot move. I, I it's, it, uh, there again, the, the mid card has been getting focused on, and there's been some pros and cons to it, but now that your, your main champions, you know, Brock's not there. Mm-hmm. And and this time, not, Brock not being there yet again has found a way to help the rest of the card be built up. That's my only defense for him not being on the show is every time he's not there, other guys get built up. Well, the you've got a point. The issue I have with it is that even with that, it takes a minute. It takes a little while yes. because they make such a big deal out of when Brock does show up that it kind of makes that show not matter other than Brock. I, and I, I think, you know, going into the Rumble, I was like, okay, you know, him, Strowman, and Kane, that's a safe play. It could be decent. Looking back at it, I think that was the absolute wrong play. I think it should have been Brock versus somebody completely different in a singles match to, to give a rub to leading into Mania. No, I agree. R- really? Really, even though you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Balor, but that probably should have been when Balor got a shot. Yeah. That that probably should have been it because he he needs he's over, but he needs that legitimate feel if they really want to do anything with him again. Which I don't even know at this point what they're gonna do with him. I mean, they've been so flippy floppy. One week he's getting the biggest pop, the next week he's losing to Kane. Mm-hmm. Oh. Paul Heyman puts him over. Up, oh, he can't fucking win a fatal five-way clean. Him and Rollins have to pin the same guy. Yep. It, Balor's probably one of the most inconsistently booked guys in the company. Mm-hmm. And, and what would fix that would be putting him with Gallows and Anderson. But that's the same thing we've been saying for months. Which they did, but it has lasted, what, two whole times? Yeah. All all of a sudden now that he's chasing, you know, the belt, he has no backup when that's when he needs the backup the most. 
You're telling me the revival distracted Gallows and Anderson from back, backing up Balor? Bullshit. Mm-hmm. But and let's I'll talk about it. What let's... I said is, I'll stick with what I said as well. I, I think if they have nothing for Balor, it should be Balor and the club versus New Day at WrestleMania in an interpromotional mm-hmm. match. Yeah. I still another think that's where the play, money is. Another safe play that the fans would care about and could give you a great in-ring match. Yeah. I, I'm giving you your mid-card to Mania, WWE. I'm giving <laughs> it to you here. That way the whole show can be great until the fans are get, get sent home unhappy with another Reigns main event spot when really it should be Styles and Nakamura. Because mm-hmm. if you win the Rumble and you do it by eliminating Cena and Reigns, you're the main event. Yep. But yeah. here's here's uh here's one one thing I definitely do want to talk about though, mainly because I would rather talk about something positive. <laughs> yes. Two hundred five live low key has been killing it the last couple weeks, and it's and it's gonna keep killing it. It's gonna keep on getting better and better. Ever since the episode Triple mm-hmm. H took over booking that show, it's been phenomenal. Well, they just added Buddy Murphy to the uh, to the lineup, which I'm yep. I, I'm looking at it right now. They had a weigh-in video for him. That's something you haven't he, seen in years. He looks like he got in phenomenal shape, and he's always been a solid worker. Yeah, good for him. He's getting this shot, and I hope he gets a good showing in the tournament. Well, I I think that. This is uh, this is phase two of the Triple H takeover, and that makes me very excited. Yep, that they, if they can build up these cruiserweights and get that momentum going, and then make the finals of the tournament be on the main card, not the pre-show. Yep. If you get them on the main card and they tear it down, people will watch two oh five. Oh yeah, they and will. Right now, the way they're positioning it, especially with the uh, the the roster that's on. NXT, this is the new conduit for NXT. And uh, to an extent, I'm okay with it. But I, yeah. I also would like to... This is the 205 Live that they should be showing on, on Raw. Not the not the bullshit that they've been showing. Yeah. We're just now getting the real cruiserweight division. Yeah, and you take... You let... You let 205 Live, you know, you let Triple H do his thing over there for a few weeks, and then you start having matches again on Raw. And you don't change the rope colors or any of that bullshit. You just have a match or two just just to remind people, hey, I know this was kind of a joke before, but it's kind of legit now, so you should try it again if you haven't. If If you haven't, then you should give it a try. You should take a look. They they should they should just make the cruiserweights have a showcase match, maybe even just once a month on Raw from here on out. Make yeah. it a showcase. This is a special attraction. You have to watch watch Raw this week because the cruiserweights are on here. And if you haven't been watching the network and watch them tear it up, you have to watch Raw this week to see it. Yeah, it, and it, it's simple. Scale it back to the mainstream only let the network people watch it and know how good it is then you reintroduce it to the masses 
and you could even go as far as to if you really wanted to now mind you this is if you really wanted to you could have nxt 205 cross branding yes and you could have like the open challenge has been a popular thing in the last few years have a 205 live open challenge have CNL Moss come out and challenge for it. Have Adam Cole come out and challenge I for think, it. I think that's already started with Roddy being in this tournament. Yeah, I think so. I, I, to me, and you know, I am a little bi- biased here because you know Roddy is one of my guys, but yeah. I feel like Roddy has to make it to the finals of that tournament to get on that Mania card. Yep. You put anyone on that roster versus him in a match at Mania, and the fans are going to love the match. Mm-hmm. Period. Roddy doesn't have bad matches. No. That's no, why he got doesn't. signed. That, that, that's why Ring of Honor was so... Even when Ring of Honor lost most of its guys, it still hung on to the label of one of the best wrestling promotions in the world because Roddy was the backbone of that company. When they yeah. needed somebody to stay in the mid-card, Roddy would tear it up in the mid-card. He did whatever they needed him to do. Yep. He was Roddy, a team player. Roddy has always been one of the most reliable hands wherever he's worked. He's money. He's money in terms of you know you're getting a good in-ring product. Yep. And that's what, and that, that's what they need on Mania in the Cruiserweights. They need a guy that can be the backbone of that division that, that will not disappoint. And I think they've got the guy. Yeah, and I'll tell you, man, I think long-term, here's my long-term roadmap for WWE. I don't know if it's going to happen this way, but I would love to see it happen this way. You start having, you know, NXT and 205 Live cross-branded shit. You keep on doing it. You get the buzz going. You get all the buzz going. And just ride with me for a second here, guys. I know. I know. You, You combine the brands again. You have SmackDown guys go back over to Raw, and you have you have all all of those guys there. You move NXT and 205 Live to Thursday night on USA Network. Whether you want to have it like the old school Raw is War and Warzone, I don't know how you want to do it, but have them over there, and then as they get going with Triple H still running everything there. You know, this is this is the long-term roadmap for the Triple H takeover, really. And then eventually, you get you get enough popularity on SmackDown, you then start you then start an invasion type deal with Raw, have Triple H take over Raw, and then you can you know after all the wars and everything settle down a little bit, you do another brand split and you can split everything back up. But you that would successfully integrate Triple H into everything with booking all that greedy shit which is going to help everything that that puts these cruiserweight type guys which is most of WWE at this point if you're really being honest with yourself um you put you put all of them onto a platform where they can prove prove their worth without having to go up against these air quotes, traditional WWE guys. And then you integrate that. You can kill the cruiserweight division altogether. You don't have to worry about NXT, which I'm sure that they would probably replace it 
They may even keep NXT going. I don't know. I know they probably love having some having a reason for the network to live. Because at this point, let's be real, that's all it is, yep. is NXT. Um, and then, you know, once uh, every every time, and I would even go this far with it, if you wanted to have the, the pay-per-views and you still wanted to do the monthly thing, cool, let the Raw guys do that. And you still run 205 Live and NXT pay-per-views on the Big Four on Saturday. He, here's what I would do. And, you know, I have to keep this in there because we know all the pay-per-views are going back to being both brands. But we keep the brand split intact. We keep the brand split intact. And on your big four pay-per-views, you're guaranteed a cruiserweight title match and a UK title match as special attractions in the mid-card for those shows. That you can only see those there. Then, with 205, you keep on building it up like this. You have them appear once, maybe twice a month on actual television on Raw, because they have the time on the show with the extra hour. And Mm -hmm. you get eyes on 205 on the network. And then I think once a year, they could run a big 205 live special. We're, the network is not taking advantage of itself being a streaming service. Mm-hmm. Why do we not get more streamed live events? Why have they not streamed any Madison Garden, Madison Square Garden house shows live on the network? Why have they not streamed any of the house shows where they're like, oh shit, Brock's defending the belt you know, against somebody tonight at a house show. We're going to stream this live. You have to see it. Mm-hmm. There's not enough live streaming of this product on the network. Well, man, let me make you feel better about that. They got a house show coming up here in a few weeks. It's called Fastlane. <laughs> like, like, remember when the network first started, they did they did that live from Japan? Yeah, The Beast in the East. Yeah. It was an amazing show. Yep. And it was one of those rare moments where you did get to see NXT guys mix it up with the main roster before they before they got called up. And there was a couple fantastic matches on that card. Oh, I, yeah. I believe that, that was what Balor and Owens and Neville and Jericho. Yeah. And both those. And I want to say Joe. It was it was what Joe was that Joe and Lesnar. No, I believe Joe and someone it was wasn't it Lesnar versus? I remember Lesnar beating up the New Day. Yeah, it was it was Lesnar and I know Big E was the main guy there. Let's see here. WWE Beast in the East card. We've got the power of Google right in front of us. Let's take a look. All right. So, preliminary matches, dark matches. Um, Cesaro beat Diego, which, okay, primo. And the Lucha Dragons beat the New Day. You had Chris Jericho versus Neville. You had Nikki Bella versus Tamina and Paige. You had Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston. That's what it was. And then it was Owens versus Balor. And that is a perfectly fine card for a glorified house show being streamed. And yeah. it gave us two really good matches. And then you had you had uh, John Cena and Dolph Ziggler facing Kane and Barrett 
Kane and Wade Barrett, Keen Barrett at the time. Which should not have been the main event on that show. No, I think it was just... I think it was one of those situations where it was a house show and it probably, if it if it would have been, you know, just a regular show, that would have probably been a dark match. That would have been the go home, the 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 fans go home happy match. Like like they could stream an NXT house show live every now and then. They could, str- they're not streaming enough live content. And how much more do we really need to hear about people reflecting from twenty fucking years ago? Yeah. It's time to let it go. Because in 20 years, are people really going to be reflecting on this? Huh? No, absolutely not. Not a chance. It's time to build everything up to be the spectacle that they already have convinced themselves that it, that it is. I want to be honest with you, too. Uh, you know what I would love to see is Michael Cole finally fucking retire. Go do something backstage, dude. I'm getting tired of hearing you have an orgasm every time you see a a Superman punch or some, Reigns do something cool or oh, Cena. Reigns and Cena, two of the best in the world. Yeah, give me a fucking break. He said that, and I about spilt my drink. Also, <laughs> oh, God, whenever Seth Rollins picked up John Cena – Gave him an AA. I thought that we were going to have to have a commercial break immediately so Michael Cole could go change his pants. Yeah. (laughs) He's using John Cena's move against him. Well, it's, in all fairness, it's a fucking fireman's carry. How how dangerous or, like, how crazy is that move? I know it's been. Rollins Rollins made it look good, but nonetheless. He did. did. But, like I said, let's be real. It's a fireman's carry. (laughs) It's it's been around yeah. it's been around as long as wrestling has. It's one of the oldest moves in wrestling. Uh, one hundred and eighteen years, give or take. Yeah, let's not act like it's some crazy shit. Can we stop acting like? And then and then Rollins delivered a better crossface than than uh, than Cena does. <laughs> Cena got I, chumped I out on that on that. Match. I, I don't recall Carl Gotch finishing anybody with a fireman's carry. No. That was that the fireman's carry is a perennial transition move. Yep. <laughs> it, it never was anything more than that. It never was. That's why. That's why people start doing the Death Valley Driver. Yeah. To make it a finish. Which to death, make it look better. The Death Valley Driver. Isn't a dangerous move, and it looks nasty. Yep. Just ask Adam Page. <laughs> yeah, God. That's still one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen is when he just sliced his fucking leg open on that table. Oh God. God. Like, when, when every time Terry Saturn went to do the DVD in WCW, the crowd went ape shit. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, and... Fireman's Terry, not so much. And even even the the which I'm glad they did tame it down. Uh, let's be real; it needed to be tamed down. But the uh, the modern uh, burning hammer, yeah, like that even looks a million times better than the fireman's carry. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about other moves that look better than the fireman's carry that start off basically the same way. The TKO, 
Um, hell, even who who was it that used to do the shit where they would just put them up like that and then drop to their knees like it was some crazy shit? That was a that was about as bad. I didn't like that. Are, are we talking about shitty finishers? I mean, just talking about fireman's carry based shitty finishers. There's the one that Nikki Bella did for a while. Oh, the rack attack. Yeah, that was terrible. Um, I mean, shit. Everybody before Mahal that did the the Cobra Clutch Slam. I mean, Ted DiBiase made it look good to an extent. Well, no, he did hit. He did the Russian leg sweep. Yeah. So I mean, just any the the Coloss has been universal universally viewed as a weak finish. Mm-hmm. Um, the leg drop. Yeah, terrible. Um, only only person that that's believable on is Nia Jax, and I'm not gonna get into into why because that's terrible and it's mean of me. It's actually pretty mean of them to make that her finish. But that's another yeah. story altogether. Like if like, that's not uh, some body uh, shaming uh, shit, I don't know what is. Apollo Cruz when he was using the standing moonsault as a finish. Yeah, that was fucking terrible. That was fucking bad. Um, I mean, even to an extent, Tyson Kidd's springboard elbow drop. Yeah, yeah. The only thing there is that the elbow drop has been historically viewed as such a revered thing, just because of Randy Savage. Yeah, that that if you aren't fifty years old, then then you don't view it as a legit finish. Yeah, no, I agree. Like even. Even even now, and I will say that I'm not 50, obviously, but you know I got to see uh, a good a good bit of the Randy Savage run, and my, mind you that a lot of it was in WCW, which was definitely not the best Randy Savage, very far from it. But the the reason the elbow drop worked for him is because he made it look so damn good. God. Every time he did it, he looked like he was fucking killing somebody. Yeah, he knew he how to point. he knew how to make it make it look nasty. He made a point to stand up there and literally look at his elbow and aim it fucking down, and then jump and look like he was just fucking driving it in people. Like 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 simple finishers that can be the best. Um, the clothesline from hell by mm-hmm. JBL. Yep. Every time it was fucking great, and when he hit it, you knew that was probably it. Yeah, but speaking oh, of speaking of the Baker. elbow, the elbow drop alone though, you know who's doing it right? What's her name? Kyrie Sane. Yep. She makes it look good. Like the Rainmaker. Rainmaker, Maybe the most yeah. Basic finisher, right? One of the most basic finishers right now, but every time he hits it, fucking spectacular. Mm-hmm. And it's because it fits what he does. Yep. Like the, there's so many. So many, I will still say that I enjoyed, and this is something I'll say till the end of time, Sami Zayn doing the Haluva kick leading into the Blue Thunder Bomb, another great combo. That should yep. be his finish. That should be a finish yep. sequence for him. Um, yep. Let's see. I'll tell you what's not a good finish is jumping and punching someone. <laughs> Like no one believes you have power up shells or some shit that you're cocking into your your fist shotgun. 
fuck the fuck the fuck off. Get out of here. You're insulting me with that. Um, also, uh, well, when Rollins did the fucking face buster, yeah, that was probably the worst of the worst. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Um, Rollins is an interesting case, though. He's got a few really nice looking moves that could be finishers. Like the the Falcon Arrow, the four. What is it? He does the the Phoenix Splash, Phoenix Splash. and and the Curb Stomp. Those are three solid, good finishers. And I feel like he should probably quit being a greedy bastard and give one of them up, <laughs> just because. <laughs> you know who I see, I I see the 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 Falcon Arrow working more for that that sequence. Um, I, I see that being, if not for Seth Rollins, I could see John Cena doing that. And that being the thing that replaced the, the AA when the AA should have become a transition move or a false finish a long time ago. Or Finn Balor could hit that and then do the double stomp instead of just doing a shitty double stomp as the finish. Yeah. But then again, Finn Balor's also had way better finishes in the past. And I, I understand the point of the, the double stomp. It worked. I would say that the double stomp would fit him better if he were still working in Japan and still in there with strong style guys every week. And, and didn't do that fucking shotgun drop kick. Yeah. Fuck. That's what makes it suck. Well, that and also the double stomp, the standing double stomp looks goofy as shit in my <laughs> opinion. If you take away one of them, I think he's far, far better off. But it yeah, is what it is. It is what it is. I just, I think my final thoughts for this week would be Raw, Raw was good. They established some guys on Raw. Yeah. And we watched SmackDown, and SmackDown's the polar opposite. They're making everybody look equal and not in a good way. They're making everybody look mid-card equal, not main event equal. Mm-hmm. Does everybody now? Does everybody in that match need to look equal? Maybe no. not. But for, for for this feud and it being on the road to Mania, they they need to make it as close as possible, and they're they're not doing that effectively. Nope. More fifty-fifty booking. Corbin and Ziggler win last week. Both eat clean losses this week. And it, and it doesn't benefit anyone. Nope, benefits nobody. So my closing thought would be cut the 50-50 booking bullshit, and if you're going to try to run these feuds, commit to them and, and actually add some dynamics. Mm-hmm. Not just 50-50 match results with no substance. I agree. That's all I've got to say. I agree, man. But I... If that's all you got, I'm done. So, <laughs> so where in the wide, wide world can they find you there on the interwebs, sir? At GoldenBoy615 on Twitter. You can find the show at Wrestling Roll-Up. You can find myself over at GoForJohnCo on the Twitter machine as well. And, yeah, be sure to uh, be sure to subscribe, guys. And we'll see you. Uh, see you next week. Hopefully, we got something good to talk about after after uh, elimination chamber. I have high hopes. 
but I will probably do my best to temper those high hopes down a lot before yeah. before the show. Yep. All right. We'll catch you guys again next week. Peace.